Please join me in the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Lesson from the New Testament, John 15, 1-13. Jesus, the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The word of God for the people of God. I'll have a moment with the children. If you are in the sanctuary and want to come join me up here for a minute, <clears throat> love to see you. And if you're worshiping from home, you can just get a little closer to your screen. I can share my plant with you. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. So glad to see all of you. Come on down. I can show you this plant that's actually been growing in my yard. Sort of. Right. hope everybody can see this. Anybody guess what that is? It's a tomato plant. That's right, it's a cherry tomato plant. So the tomatoes will be about that big, and you can slice them up and put them on a salad or just pop them in your mouth like candy. They're really yummy. And so I was just looking at this tomato plant because Jesus, in the story that Miss Sarah just read for us, was talking about the vine. Sometimes Jesus talked about things like this that we could see to teach us things about God and our life with God. So Jesus was saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. Stay with me. So if we look at this tomato plant, we could say maybe Jesus is this vine, the main part of the plant. And then we are kind of like these little branches, the leaves that grow. And if we stay close to Jesus and attached to Jesus, 
we can grow and even bear fruit, he said, even do good things in the world that share God's love with the world. He said, you know, sometimes with the vine, there's a maybe a little branch that breaks off. Maybe it's kind of weak and the wind blows and it falls off or something happens to it. That happened to this plant. So this one's not going to be making any more tomatoes. But because that one is gone now, this all this energy and life and water and all that's going to come up here. And here are two little flowers, which means that, can you see the little flowers? That pretty soon those are going to be little tomatoes too. So it keeps growing. And we keep growing too. If we stay close to Jesus, if we pray and talk to Jesus and we read our Bibles and come to church and remember God's love for us and share God's love with other people, then God's love is going to be able to flow through us to other people. Jesus called that bearing fruit. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for the beautiful things in nature that Jesus used to teach us about God and about love. He invites us to stay close to him, to stay close to his love always, to hang on tight to his love. And so we want to do that so we can grow in his love and love other people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening. And now three, four, and five-year-olds can go with Miss Molly and Miss Jan in the black and white there to Children's Church. And if you're older than that, you can go back and sit with your family or friends. Those of you who are actually gardeners, please don't judge my tomato plants. <laughs> you probably saw that. That's a pretty pitiful looking plant. It kind of is. But it is making some tomatoes. The truth is, and I've confessed this to you before, I am not a gardener. I don't know my way around a sunflower or a zinnia. I can't keep the deer from eating the tomatoes. Pretty much anything that David and I plant does not thrive, except for our herbs. For some reason, we can do an herb garden. And so this year, well, we have this sage plant that just won't die. I mean, we don't do anything to it, but somehow it just comes back every year, and it's really robust and beautiful. And then we've got basil. And wow, do we have basil this year. It's like we're making pesto like nobody's business. And I think we've discovered two things that help us grow good basil plants. One is that if the basil plant starts to flower, you're supposed to pick the flower off. I see some of you nodding. You, you've known this a long time. I'm new. Okay. Uh, so every time we walk by and there's a flower, we just pinch off the flower, and then we smell like basil, which is nice. And then David learned the secret that when you want to use the basil leaves for pesto or a recipe, you don't just pick the leaf off. You, you can cut it from lower on the stem, and then it will grow back, and it might even grow back double. So it's the right way to prune it, the right way to harvest it. And so these two things that we've been doing have helped our basil plants really to thrive. And we've got some leaves that are like that big and looking forward to lots of pesto over the next few weeks and months. Unlike me, Jesus knew a lot about gardening and growing things and farming and being in relationship with the land and with creation. He understood the rhythms of these things and, and used them and talked about them often in his teachings and in his parables. 
The first parable he teaches in, in the Gospel of Mark, a sower went out to sow his seeds. He talks about farming and sowing seeds. Or the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed or a fig tree. And in today's text, in John's Gospel, we get probably the longest use of a metaphor of gardening from Jesus. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower, he said. And he uses this image of the vine to teach his disciples and to invite them to abide in him, to stay in relationship of love with him, no matter what happens. Now, this is part of a larger speech that Jesus is giving. We sometimes call it his farewell discourse. John's gospel is different from the other three gospels in a lot of ways. And the way that he organizes the telling of the Jesus story is very different. It's 21 chapters long, and already in chapter 13, a little over halfway through the gospel, Jesus is sitting down with his disciples for the Last Supper. And everything after that is leading toward his arrest, his death and resurrection. In chapter 13, John talks about that last gathering, not so much about the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup, but the washing of the feet. It is in the 13th chapter of John that Jesus rises from the table, ties a towel around his waist, and goes around, kneels in front of each one of his disciples, including Judas, and washes their feet. And he says to them, Now I give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that theme goes on and on through these next few chapters as he continues to teach them and talk with them. If your Bible has Jesus' words in red letters, this is a several chapters of red letters, Jesus giving his final instructions. And so in chapter 15, he has told them that he is about to leave them. In chapter 14, he said, in a, few, in a little while, the world will no longer see me. He's about to be arrested and killed. But he wants them to stay with him, to trust that he will remain with them. And in these chapters, we get all of this beautiful language about the Father abides in me and I abide in him and you are invited to abide in me and the, the advocate, the Holy Spirit is coming. We have this imagery of the Trinity swirling around in communion together with love flowing between them and Jesus inviting his followers, inviting all of us to enter into that dance of love with the triune God. Abide in me, Jesus says. Apart from me, if you do not abide in me, you can do nothing. You cannot continue the ministry that I have begun, says Jesus, unless you abide in me and abide in my spirit. But if you abide, if you remain with me, you will have peace. You will have joy. You will have love. Isn't it interesting if we read, if we skip a little bit ahead to Paul's letter to the Galatians where he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, gentleness, and the list goes on to include nine. But these three we hear directly from Jesus in these chapters. Peace, 
I leave with you, says Jesus in chapter 14. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Joy. We heard it in the text that Sarah read. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Saying to his disciples, life with me, following me is not drudgery. It's not a heavy burden. My burden is light and I want you to have joy and you will have joy if you abide in me. And above all, love. The Father has loved me and so I love you. Abide in my love. There is nothing you can do to lose my love or earn it. It is already yours. Abide in my love. So there's this invitation to abide. What does it mean to abide? How do we abide with Jesus? How do we dwell and remain with Jesus in the living of our very busy, ordinary lives? That's a question for all of us. And I think there are practices that we can, we can follow in our lives that will help us stay close, as close as we can to Jesus, reading the scriptures as we're doing together as a congregation, most especially the gospels, reading them over and over and over again, being part of worship, being part of a faith community and sharing our lives with one another, practicing prayer, opening ourselves to the presence of the Spirit in our everyday lives, abiding in God's love. I have a spiritual director that I see once a month, Ben Curtis. I shared that with someone recently, and they said, oh, he's the Obi-Wan Kenobi of spiritual directors in Nashville. He's taught a lot of people spiritual direction, and I have the privilege of, of having him in my life for over 10 years now. And I was telling him about being an empty nester. It had only been two weeks since our second child had gone off to college when we met. And that there's this emptiness, not a bad emptiness, but the house feels empty in a new way. The schedule's kind of opened up in a new way. And I've got a lot of emotions around it, and I just don't know what to do with it. And he said, why don't you sit down with a cup of coffee and invite Jesus to sit with you in the emptiness and see what emerges. Wow, I never thought of that. A simple practice of just intentionally inviting Jesus to sit with me and see what emerges in that emptiness. I've really been enjoying Will McLean's class on Wednesday night, and he's been inviting us to look at practices and ways that we can make space to abide in Christ. Because he says, if you do not abide in me, you can do no thing. You cannot bear my fruit. So we imagine the vine, as I was showing the children, and what that fruit looks like. You know, nowadays we have these nature videos that can speed things up and we can actually imagine or see like a tomato growing on a vine. And we know even by watching it that the energy and life that come into that tomato aren't coming from that little stem, but they're flowing 
from the earth through the plant, through the vine. And that's us. We can't do anything for the kingdom unless it is God's love flowing through us and bearing fruit through us. So as I think about this image of the vine, just a a few final thoughts of things I've encountered over the past few weeks that have brought this passage to life for me. One is noticing that the pronouns in this text are plural. I am the vine, Jesus says. My father is the vine grower and y'all are the branches. If a vine has one branch, it's not going to bear a lot of fruit. But we are all branches. We are all in this growth process together. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to the church, to the faith community. Gail O'Day describes it as the, the vine that Jesus is talking about is an organic unity shaped by the love of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? To think of us as the church, as an organic unity shaped by the love of Jesus. A second insight came during annual conference when Bishop Gregory Palmer was our preacher. He preached on this very text, and he said a lot of amazing things. But one of the things that really stuck with me is he said, and he was able to kind of do this because he's a bishop. He's like, y'all, we are branches, and branches don't get to prune other branches. (laughs) Our job is to not turn and try and prune each other but to stay connected to the vine and abide in Christ's love and bear fruit as we are called to bear it and trust that the vine grower is doing what the vine grower needs to do to help all of us bear fruit. And finally, what occurred to me as I pondered and prayed over this passage this week was, isn't it astounding that the God who created the universe The God of universal, unconditional love chooses to nourish the world through us, chooses to work through us to bear fruit in the world, to feed the world, to change the world, to nourish the world. From the very beginning, as we have made our ways through the scriptures, we have seen again and again God chooses to partner with us to bless the world. What a privilege that is, and what a joy. And so, my friends, the disciples of Jesus, as we gather today around the table, imagine that Jesus has just washed your feet and now says to you, abide with me, and together we will bear much fruit for this world that God loves so much that God sent the only son. Amen.